favorite Olympic event? Go. No, I'm serious. You got five seconds. In your home, wherever you are, on the couch, car, I don't know where you are. Throw it out there. Shout it from the rooftops. What is your favorite Olympic event? Ready, go. You got four, three, two, one. We good? All right. Maybe we just became best friends. We'll find out. Winter Olympic event. My favorite one as a kid. That's the absolute best as a child. Uh, Bobsled. It was bobsled time. This is what we watched. Who are these people that will get into this machine and go down ice? It was incredible. It still is. It's not that it's not bad or it's bad now. It's really great, but it's been taken over. I married a girl named Chelsea, and she's fantastic, and she grew up a track and field girl. This is what she did. And so I have learned more and more what track is, uh, the nuances therein. And now a summer games event has really taken over as my favorite. It's the four by 100 meter relay. Uh, here's the craziness. You get 32 of the fastest humans on the planet and you put them in the exact same race. So not kidding. You get in the final Olympic heat, you have 32 of the fastest people on the planet inches from each other and they're holding this. And in that moment, some say that the most precious thing in that race is this. It's not speed, it's how do you hold this and then give it to the next person. So I started studying this race. I love it at the Olympics. It is absolute theater and crazy to watch. Uh, if you're a track person, um, I'm a rookie, so I'm gonna try to explain this so I just understand here's where I'm coming from. I'm learning now. What I love about this is you can go back and you can study how this relay is built out. And what I'm learning is, is that this pass is crazy. Turns out you only have 20 meters to make it happen. So you have this first person flying down the track around the curve, and they have to position their hand in such a way as to where when they come up to this next person, they've gotta hold it out, but get this. If you are the second person getting it, or the third person, or the fourth person getting it, you have to blindly look straight ahead and begin to run while your arm goes straight back and you've got to kind of feel for this baton and snag it. You would watch YouTube video after YouTube video of people just doing this. They're just doing this and then they put a hand back and they just put a hand back. I can't do it, I'm not good at it, but they do it, they're awesome, they're Olympians. What's crazy is when you get into the details, what you learn is that Every single one of these athletes does everything they can to preserve and to pass the dearest possession they have in that moment. They do everything they can to preserve and pass the dearest possession they have in that moment at that time. Truth is, this is exactly what Paul charges Timothy to do in 2 Timothy chapter two. Now, you're right, if you look at it, and I'll put this down before I break it, well, not break it, but make loud noise with it, what you're gonna see is that when you open 2 Timothy two, you're gonna go, okay, uh, Paul charges Timothy in view, yes, of the preaching moment, but what you've also gotta see is that there's a discipleship principle in this text that's for the whole church, and it's gonna help us as a family better make disciples who make disciples. Yes, 
This is for the entire church. If you would, if you've got your text with you, and I know Mike says it every week, and I'm on my couch watching it with you, and uh, if you would, in the awkwardness of this moment, it's still cool, would you stand in honor of God's word, and I'll read it for us today. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. We'll start there. 2 Timothy 2, 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Let's pray. Jesus, in this moment, in this morning, would you change our hearts with this text? It's impossible to walk away from a genuine encounter with you and not be different. So we count on it this morning. Would our hearts be soft enough to hear this text and bold enough to put it in action? Jesus, we give you this moment. And all God's people said, amen. All right, so here's the background. Paul cannot get to Timothy. He can't get to him. First part, Paul is in Rome writing this letter. First uh, Timothy, Paul is mobile. Second T- Timothy, he's no longer mobile. If he was to be mobile, to put it in your terms, he would have to fly in today's world from the boot in Rome, Italy, East, so you're flying, let's just say this is Rome, you're gonna go east this way. You're gonna land in a city called Izmir, Turkey on the coast of modern day Turkey and then you've gotta get an Uber and you've gotta go an hour south. And when you go an hour south, you're gonna get to a little city called Salchuk and that city is a stone's throw from the ruins of a city that was once Ephesus. Paul is forever away. Really, the reason, too, that Paul cannot get to Timothy is Paul is in the bottom of a Roman jail. He can't get to him. There's no way. But I I give you that point to say, even in our language, in our terms of how long, it'd be a six-hour flight, you gotta go get your bag, then you gotta get an Uber, and then you gotta go south. There's a lot of work. You've gotta really want this. You've got to really want to preserve something if you're Paul in this moment. Paul can't get to Timothy, so he does the next best thing. He writes a letter, and in this letter, you get verse one and verse two, and you're gonna be so, you're gonna love Timothy's passion for the gospel that first came from his teacher, from his mentor, Paul. Let's go 2-1. You then, and Paul calls Timothy my child, and you're gonna see this at the very beginning of the book in the greeting, you see it. Timothy is a spiritual son to Paul. You've got a discipleship relationship. It's a one-on-one relationship. It's not a massive preaching moment to a crowd in this moment. This moment, you can tell these guys have walked together and walked together and walked together. And before Paul is about to be martyred, he gets an important message to Timothy that you see here. And it works for us now too. He said, you then my child, my son in the faith, be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the interesting thing. Paul, from jail to Timothy, who is much more mobile on the western coast of Turkey at at this time now, Ephesus then, Paul says you gotta be strengthened. He says you gotta build up this strength. You have to work on this. You've gotta do this. Why? Because Paul knows Timothy's location. Ephesus at the time, a blossoming city. But what you have is you've got the gospel and then the true gospel in this moment and then you have people that are trying to manipulate the true gospel and trying to contort it into what they want it to be. 
And so Timothy in Ephesus is in a battle. And Paul says, hey, I know you're in the battle. I know it's happening. Here's how you win. Here's the game plan I'm gonna draw up for you from jail. It may not feel like winning right now, especially where Paul is, but you gotta think eternally in this moment. So what he does, he says, you've gotta be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I love this. Dr. Tony Marita in Raleigh, North Carolina puts it this way, and I love this. He says, our strength is derived from our union with Jesus and is supercharged by our daily communion with Jesus. I'll say it one more time. Our strength is derived as believers from our union with Jesus and is supercharged by our daily communion with Jesus. Paul is saying, if you are going to attempt to lead this church, to be a believer that is getting the word out, you're gonna preserve it and then you're gonna pass it. If you want to do that, you gotta find your place you gotta make sure that you live in the gospel. And when you live in the gospel, the King Jesus will start absolutely just blowing your heart up with hope, with confidence, and with courage. And church, courage is knowing who your king is. You keep meeting with him daily and this supercharger starts going off in your soul and the spirit starts moving powerfully. And then and only then, by the grace, the forgiveness, the unmerited favor that is only through Jesus, that's the true gospel, will you find strength. You've gotta have the true gospel, not some false form, not some watered down thing. What's the true gospel? The fact that you and I are both enemies of him. We're both enemies of him if you're a believer. And that in your stuff, in your mess, he sends Jesus, his exact representation, to come, to die, to be raised, and give you life, and life to the fullest. He makes you alive. That union happens, and then daily the communion with him happens. That's where my strength comes from, and that's where your strength comes from. This is Paul's charge to us. Verse two, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men. Now Paul is saying, and what you've heard, so you've heard this, Paul is arguing over and over, the Gnostics are wrong. They are spreading a false gospel. What you've heard from me, in other words, the true gospel that's been in front of many witnesses, shout that thing from the rooftops, it's real. But what I'm learning in my own heart, if I'm going to truly preserve the gospel, I have to know the gospel. I have to know my Bible. And so I gotta have moments daily where I realize I can't do it on my own and I surrender to this text, this book. And just like these athletes at the Olympics, the most precious thing in that race is that baton. The most precious thing for us as believers has to be this book. I love this book. But a lot of times I fall short and I believe that I can do it on my own and Paul's saying, uh-uh, that's not how it works. Jesus strengthens you. This is what you've heard from me and now this is what you do with it. This is what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and now entrust to faithful men. What he's saying, that entrust word, it's to pass it on, it's that simple. Entrust, pass, 
teach it is where we may lose each other. You're going, nope, 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 let's stop there. I was with you until the teaching part came up. Um, That's not me, you may say. Well, I had this war with Jesus about 15 minutes ago, the exact same one that that we're having right now. I, I don't know about this, I don't know. I get it. So what I'm asking you this morning is, okay, maybe not from teaching up here in this moment, that preaching moment, but let me ask you this, and I say this without a hint of sarcasm, and I say this without a hint of any sort of judgment on my part. Can you tell a story? Would you tell a story? And if you would tell a story, would you tell the story? And if you're gonna tell the story, you're gonna tell the old, old story about a king who was talked about, who has come and lives now, and you're gonna mesh that old, old story with your story, if you're a believer, of how in your trespasses, this holy king came in and you let him have your heart. And if you just tell that story, I'll tell you one thing that's gonna happen. He's gonna show up. The spirit will show up in this moment. Why? Because he's good like that. That's who he is. That's what he does. Yeah, there's different callings, right? And not every teaching moment is this moment, right? That's not how it works. It's gotta be out there as well. So would you tell a story? And may it be the old, old story infused with your story of how he's made you new. And Jesus becomes more famous and more famous and more famous by the minute. The second thing that I struggle with personally, uh, sitting down there, minute struggling with this personally, uh, it's not that I won't do it, it's that I can't do it. Like, I can't teach. And what I mean by that is this. Every single time before this moment happens, Satan is great about coming up and going, hey, you, you got a pass, kid. You got stuff. Yep. And then we have to be reminded by the beauty of this book in those supercharging moments that he takes these wounds that we've got, our past that we've got, and by the grace and beauty and balm that is the gospel, he closes up those wounds. And yes, those wounds scar a little bit. It's a good thing, scars tell stories. You got scars, cool. Jesus healed you up, cool. Let those stories speak. The teaching moment is not just this moment. It's a disciple-making strategy where we learn from Paul, preserve the absolute, perfect, true, whole gospel. And then once you get a taste of it, I want you to hand it off. I want you to hand it off. And you've got to be great at your craft, just like these runners would practice over and over and over again to be strengthened behind the scenes. The cool thing about this whole Olympic thing is these runners would tell you behind the scenes, in practice, is where they won or lost. And I think that battle's the same for believers. Are you being strengthened in the supercharging moment that happens when you get alone with Jesus? I hope it's my story and I hope it's your story that if you are a believer this morning, that you would do everything in your power to both Preserve the true gospel, not some false narrative, not something that's watered down, but the fact that a king has come, took the cross, risen to life, and is for you now. Would you take that true gospel and then would you pass it, whether it's with a story form, whatever that looks like for you, would you do it? May we 
be a people that do that. Church, courage is found in that secret place where the supercharging happens. Courage is knowing who your king is. Let's pray. Father, in this moment, we know that some watching this morning may know you, have given their lives to you with this text this morning. Help get the gospel out to our city in a crazy moment in time. You're still moving. You're still healing. Would you use us to do it more and more and more? May we come awake to that. Father, for those who do not yet believe but are on with us this morning, would they hear that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is? And he's come for them. Father, we give you this morning all that we have. Would you breed confidence, hope, and courage into our souls? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This morning as we go from here, three quick things as we take next steps. One, you gotta find your place. If you're gonna be strengthened by the gospel, my question to you is where, where does that happen? Where does that happen? Um, for me, my favorite spot, back porch. Love the porch, that's the goal. I'm attempting to learn to be a morning person. It's going okay, but I'm getting there. I've got good accountability. What is your place? Where's your spot you go? Mike says this to us all the time. You gotta find a consistent spot to intake the beauty of Jesus and install it into your soul. So where is that for you? Where's that place? Is it a leather chair in the front room or maybe it's the rec room or maybe it's before the kids get up or students, maybe it's before you check your phone first and you let your day, the lens of looking through the scripture frame the entire thing and Jesus is the first person you go to. Two, a lot of times I tell our, our students, hey, think of one person that you can just really pray through, pray about, pray for, and then ask that the Lord will give you a moment to talk to them. Well, coronavirus is a little interesting, obviously, and we're not as out and about as maybe we once were. So here's what I would ask you to do this morning. Would you just pray that wherever you are and wherever you go or wherever you're quarantined, that the Spirit would make you aware of moments and people where you can not only just have the word, preserve it each morning in that chair, yes, but you pass it on. There's tons of ways to get the word out. But would you just pray that your soul would come awake through the power of the Spirit to see moments and go from there. Third, definitely, last but not least, if you are not a believer yet, we wanna pass this truth, what we've talked about all morning, onto you, the hope that we've sung about, the hope that we've read about. We want you to have this hope. We want you to know Jesus, the fact that he cancels out your past. He'll take it all, and he'll make it white as snow, like that old children's thing is, is true. He paid the price for your stuff. And you get his righteousness in return. It's a beautiful exchange. Do you want him? We want you to know them. That's why we exist. We wanna pass this to you. The best way we can think to pass it this morning is simply text CONNECT, the word CONNECT, to 623-623. Again, that's CONNECT 
to 623-623, and we would love to talk to you today. The word is good. May we go forth preserving it, passing it.